Hello and welcome to the Kilo Chasers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, here with Matt Ware. How are we doing, sir? Uh, doing well. So, 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 so freaking happy to be back on the mic with you, dude. Um, it's We take took a couple weeks off, uh, but oh, we're back. Fuck yeah. Feels good. Feels good. Yeah, absolutely. It's been way too long. Uh, yeah. Let's see. We uh, had a nice little twenty-minute. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. Was a good <laughs> I know. One. Yeah, had to cut it short, but we can pick right back up into the uh, conversation. Yeah. We were talking about uh, the w- structuring of USAW and just strength sports in general, um, and and what started that was the what what's been going around about USAPL and how they have quote unquote pro lifters now and. They, for like 15,000 plus members, they have 100 pro spots. And I just, I get it. But for one thing, like they those 100 pro lifters don't get shit. They don't get a fucking thing, right? So right. like other than the title. So like, what are they going to be able to go to who like Rogue and say, oh, I'm a USAPL pro lifter give me an endorsement of some sort like no they're not going to give you shit they might give you a barbell they might you know they might hook you up somehow but i guarantee you that usapl for all their money that they get or have Mm -hmm. they don't do anything for those athletes and they're going to have to go seek out those endorsements themselves but um i agree with that what my thought on it was why can't usaw do something like that by having your pro like your pros be um like your senior well all your age groups except for masters um just because i i swear the masters world team or international team for usaw is just too large um because of the the age groups the weight classes everything like that like that's a a very substantial group of people um but i think that if you had a junior youth university and senior international team all those lifters over the age of 16 or over the age of 18 would be considered pros and like everybody else can just compete and not have not be held to the same standard as far as drug testing and like if you win a state record like you're gonna get drug tested like who's one who's gonna pay for it the members are paying for that yeah and it's like why does do people really fucking care that much i mean i i personally like i really don't like i can look at most of the guys i'm training with or not training with but like lifting against and know whether or not they're they're on something like it's pretty like there are certain body archetypes or whatever that just happen because of um taking steroids like beyond taking like being on uh hrt and stuff like that like you're you're just you're going to be on another level um but i did i i just wish that it was broken up so like the the lowly local lifter right can just go out and there's it's less stress it's not as hoity-toity it's not i mean we've we've had these conversations about how the local meets as a whole not necessarily the ones that we have here um that that joe puts on but like, there's a lot of local meets across the country. They're just, they're sad. Like they're, they're, you go and there's this like, this like 
haze that just hangs over everybody and it's so serious and it's like going to a fucking golf match right you know 20 years ago i, I can't say that now because that uh, i don't know if you were paying it the total fucking burt kreischer here but <laughs> did you see any of the pictures or the the videos from the waste management pro-am or whatever in arizona no, i haven't seen dude that yet, no <laughs> it was like the nascar of golf <clears throat> mm-hmm like they had beer gardens, they had like the hills like outside the like the course or there was on the course, but like these guys were like they had blankets out. It was like the lawn at an amphitheater. They were just like hanging out, drinking beer, partying, like everybody's drunk as fuck. Like it's you know crazy. What I mean? Yeah, no, I so I got the opportunity to go to a US open when it was up uh in Washington, like right outside of Tacoma mm-hmm. at Chambers Bay. Yep. And so I got to go up there and that was such an interesting experience all around. Like I've never, so I've, that was my first golf tournament ever being at, and it was, you know, pros. I got to see all the big boys, you know, Tiger Woods, everybody. And the, they give you, you know, upon walking in, they give you these little uh, Bluetooth speakers that you put in your ear so you can hear every hole and what's going on. Um, That's badass. And believe it or not, everybody there is drinking and having a blast. They don't portray that as well. Maybe they did it this one, but on TV, I just never knew. Um, but it was an interesting and really cool event. Now going back to that, that kind of that local thing, um, here's, and I've heard people say this too. And so it's kind of, it's not a biased opinion, but here's my opinion on that is I think, you know, you hear, you hear about a lot and how qualifying totals these days are really low, right? USAW is stupidly low. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking that like when I qualified for an American open, I was like, how, <laughs> Yeah. how, how is this guy who's been lifting for two years able to qualify on my low numbers? Right. And it just didn't make sense to me. And as I'm starting to learn more about the sport and just being more involved, I'm seeing that. I don't, you know, I don't know what USAW is doing, but I think if it were me and if I jumped into that CEO position, I would raise those totals and almost endorse the local meet, endorse the gyms, endorse the coaches to put on these local meets because those national meets, the competition, the level of competition will be so much better mm-hmm. if we have more people lifting at local meets, practicing practicing, practicing, and then practicing some more until they get on that national level. I just don't yeah. think you should let any na- any person go to a national level. No. And like, I get like American open series is a quote unquote local meet designed to get that experience, that national, like big stage experience for the average lifter. Mm-hmm. And I dig that. I do. I get you. But, like to qualify for nationals like again you should be like i was talking about before we went live like if you're not in the top 95 percentile of the country in your in your weight then you shouldn't go to nationals there shouldn't there should be an a and a b session and maybe a c session if there's a lot of badasses but like if there's a fucking 40 kilo spread in the snatch. Mm-hmm. Like, no, then no, fuck you. 
I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to watch that. Yeah. Like you're not gonna get you're not gonna make national television with a a C and a D session. You know what right. I mean? Right. And like the we had worlds here and ESPN didn't cover it. Yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting <laughs> thought because there we had a world like worldwide competition held in the United States. Why wouldn't there be uh, our biggest sports platform there covering? Yeah. That? Yeah. And it shouldn't, and, and it, like not the Ocho. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, you could watch it on YouTube. And so what does that say about um, how, you know, how we're portraying these lifters? Like, yeah, it almost feels, and it's, and I, me, I don't care, but, and I'm not being, I don't want to be too, take too much pride in this. But what I'm trying to say is like, these people work their butts off to get there, right? They, there is a qualifying total. There was a whole sequence of how to qualify for those th- that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just didn't get the recognition that I thought it should have. No, absolutely not. Um, I think the, the only way, I think they should treat our nationals the way that the Olympics treat well i wouldn't say the olympics but i the the way that the world treats they're qualifying right so why why don't we have like there's a session and b session and if you qualify at ao at any of the ao series right if you qualify at any of any of the three AO series or a four or whatever, like then and, and actually qualify f- for a decent total to be in the A or B session, then okay, so you're there. If you win the WSO, then you get a national spot. Right. Those are the only only ways to go. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. I agree. Like. The, they should have 10 people in the A session and 10 people in the B session. And like, if you're good enough, like the qualifying total for the A session should be what? Uh, if you're a 96, you should be totaling 300 or, or, or above to be in the A session at nationals. That's, I mean, what? Uh, Damron's totaling... Uh, what is he totaling right now? I have um, no idea. Like three, three thirty, something like that. Because he's doing, he's doing like one seventy, two ten. So what is that two forty or three forty? So like, so if that's a twenty kilo split in t- between ten people in a session, that's that's exciting to watch. That's yeah. a battle. Like at, at every stage, that's a battle. Yeah. So and then and then your WSOs obviously there's going to be a few people that are totaling that much but for the people that aren't like in the in a region that doesn't have that that uh that lifter base or that that athlete base where they have that many people or those people that are just naturally gifted then you can have like the the 290 to 285 totals that go out they compete and they kick ass and they win then they get a spot in the b session yeah and if you and if you yeah if you if you really put the work in and you show you want to do it then that's fine you should i i mean 
unless you're a fucking badass, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to qualify for nationals at a local meet. Right. I mean, it's okay. And I'm I mean, gonna get I'm gonna get chastised for this, and that's totally fine because I deserve that. Because it's I, okay. I'm gonna get for what I just said. So well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I hate to say it, but CrossFit has it right because no, at not one point when I was doing CrossFit or when I was competing in CrossFit did I think I was gonna go to the CrossFit Games. At no point did I think I was gonna go, and I did it seven days a week. I lived in the life, and I was I I mean I was okay. I wasn't that good. I was okay, but I knew I could take steroids that right. Exactly. (laughs) And and, and, and (laughs) that's, that's the conversation that comes out of putting this, um, almost tier, a higher tier of, of, of lifters in a different group is like, ah, they're all taking steroids. Maybe they are. Who knows? Uh, But, but that, but that's the thing about like what we were talking about before is you have that testing pool with USADA and WADA, like, if you're in the testing pool, then you're getting tested six times a year and like, and make it a thing that no matter what, everybody at nationals gets tested. Right. No matter you what sh- you should be tested upon, the second you upon weigh in be tested. Exactly. Done. Yep. And it should be somewhat conclusive to where they know right then when you can, if you can lift or not. And yeah, I, I just think, I always, and to be honest with you, and this is my ignorance in the sport is that when I, on my first, when I went to AO one for the first time, I honestly thought I was going to be getting tested there. (laughs) And like I said, that's my ignorance in the sport, but I thought I was like, I'm going to get tested. So I, I should be, you know, um, fully hydrated so I can make sure I pee under pressure because I have a hard time peeing under pressure. But like, well, and then you don't make weight because you're, (laughs) 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 but it would, it's interesting to think um, that we don't, you know, there's such a, a high pressure put on, you know, making sure we have clean athletes. But So why don't we test at the competitions? Why aren't we testing at the competitions with a conclusive test on whether or not? It shouldn't take four weeks to find out. Well, it only takes like a week and a half. Oh, okay. So the the biggest thing is, they if you're taking anything right like this is just based off of all the the research that I've done YouTube research documentaries and all that stuff like and and listening to people who have been in bodybuilding or powerlifting and like if you are taking any kind of steroid any any anabolic you are also taking testosterone like if you're not taking test it's just it's just like work like if you're taking a bunch of supplements and you're not taking creatine you're fucking stupid and it's pointless like you're wasting your money Correct. so steroids are the same thing like if you're taking if you're taking dianabol and trend and whatever else and you're not taking testosterone along with it like you're one you're wrecking your system because all those other things kill your testosterone natural testosterone production so you have to take it correct um so that should be like you can find out if somebody's taking testosterone immediately like oh yeah within a day like it takes like two or three days right yeah yeah and just based off like if somebody pees and you and you just do a standard workup like you're gonna tell Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna know when a if if a person's numbers are elevated above thirteen fourteen hundred, 
of free testosterone, like you're going to know like that person mm-hmm. is on something like yeah. plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. Like you can look at liver enzymes, all that kind of shit. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be obvious. Well, um, I mean, I get, so I get, uh, I, t- I get blood work, uh, every six months and, you know, I see what the, I, I see a, I see how quick that blood work comes back, like in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see what it tests and, you know, it, it's testing me for everything, but, yeah. um, I see exactly what, you know, what my levels are. And so I'm, and I know that blood work is a little bit that there's some, there's some sticky things there. You couldn't just go in and start sticking people with needles and saying, I would need to take your blood because yeah, the DNA and all that stuff. But well, I mean, I mean, you can get it back right away. If, you, if you're, if you're in the testing pool, you're already signed up for it. Yeah. So it's just one of those sacrifices. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to, <clears throat> you know, if you want to wear the crown, but, um, so let's, let's move on to training. Um, cool. I know, I know we could probably talk about this for the next 20, 30, 40 minutes, but let's move on to uh training. How's, how's your lifting going? You said he hit 170 for a single. <clears throat> I hit. Uh, yeah. So I hit, <laughs> <sighs> There you go again. He's so abusive. <laughs> I love you. Um, so yeah, no, I hit, I hit 170 for a triple yesterday. I'm doing, you know, uh, Cornell got me on the, the squat everyday thing. I've never done this. Um, and I'm just choosing to have some fun with it. I set my minimum at 130, and I think I've only had to really hit 130 a couple times. I've always worked ab- above it. Um, but it is there if I need it. Um, on yeah. the days that I don't lift. And, um, I can tell you that lifting has been frustrating over the past, um, six Three weeks, years. <laughs> four years of, blah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's been a lot different because I'm doing different movements that I've never done before. And I'm working different muscle groups that I've never worked and and different positions and, it is stressing me out mentally and physically, but I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at it as a good thing, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, what numbers come out of that. And I'm I'm just really excited. Like it's it's like it's you know it's almost like a feeling of Christmas. So I got I had that meet coming up in two and a half weeks, and it's uh, a Joe Beck meet, and I'm it's like that's it's almost like I'm I'm thinking about it like Christmas because I'm like oh I can't wait to see the fruits of what this program is, has shown me. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I've hit some big numbers and I, and the next day I've come back or next week I've come back and then I've hit nothing. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it, it's really, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think but, the biggest thing is watching you and how you're training and how you're moving and how you're utilizing your time. Yeah. on the platform is completely different. Your attitude's completely different. Um, you're more excited for the outcome, I think, than you've ever been. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I do want to, like, I really want to, like, I want to talk about something about the squad everyday thing leading up to a meet. It's a little soon for you, like, because the meet's, what, two weeks away, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And... But I'm really, I, I want to try, like, I might do it for the summer camp, but like do a standard program, you know, squat three, four times a week, 
or every day or whatever, but like have a minimum, but like four weeks out, do the Vardanian scheme for front for squatting. Okay. And only fronts don't ever front squat more than you plan on clean and jerking in your third attempt. Interesting. That makes complete sense to me. Like whether it's a single, whether it's a triple, whether it's five, what, you know, just don't go over that number. Just don't go over that number and just have that. So like, you know, that you've hit that front squat and only front squat, don't back squat, only front squat for four weeks out. And I just, I really want to know like how that would affect. So like, you know, at, after what so go three months of just squatting super consistently and knowing that i can do like three sets of five at 150 right Right. which for me like in if i stay on this current trend then that should be about a month away i should be able to hit 150 in the front squat every time i put every time i rack the bar right so like if i get to the point where that's that's the number that i want to hit then just only hit just don't overload don't ever load anything more than 150 and only and only hit that yep and just know that no every time you know exactly how 150 is going to feel coming out of the hole you know exactly how it's going to feel standing it up and yeah. like the the amount of confidence that you're going to gain in that would just i think it would be you know pretty damn fucking awesome I think I think you're um, absolutely 100 percent right because um, I can already see I'm in I'm on day 10 and I can already see improvement in my leg strength from mm-hmm. from my pull off the ground to how I'm squatting mm-hmm. like I like I said I surprised myself yesterday and you were even like you probably had more in you um, oh 100 percent dude like you could have you could have easily hit 180 for a triple yeah and, and that that goes to show you that this whole, you know, people may make fun of it or whatever, but, uh, this whole squat every day thing is, is it's real. And you know, what else is real is that if you want to um, be a good weightlifter, you have to squat. I, I just really want to press that. Like you have to squat. I, I, I saw it happen to me where my squats came off of my program a little bit. And all of a sudden, when, you know, a month prior, I was tripling a 90 kilo snatch with no like sweat on down my, my, down my brow to missing 85 kilo snatches. And, you know, there's probably other things that are going into that, but at the same point, like you get what I'm saying, You, you start building those legs up and it's just that extra level of, um, intensity and extra extra level of strength that you have it's like a tool on that platform i think that so cornell did he i think he took like a year off of squatting yeah and came back and he was stronger yeah now his 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 max may not have been higher but he was stronger yeah um and that was just because he clean and jerked so much that he didn't his coach at that time was just like just don't squat just 
just clean and jerk, and that counts as your squatting. And you're like, once you get to a certain point, if you're clean and jerking one, 140, 150 mm-hmm. every day, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you don't necessarily need to squat every day. I agree with that. Um, but now, if you're clean and jerking 120 two, three times a week, then yeah, you need to, you need to load your legs a lot in order to get the volume to, to build muscle. Mm -hmm. Also Cornell's a freak. So there's, there's that, but, um, the squat every day thing, Corey Gregory, I mean, it, it goes way back before him, but that was the first time I ever heard about it was back when he was still with muscle farm and he, uh, did a whole program and that's where I got the whole, like you start at the bar, you do 10 reps and then you put 135 on, you do 10 and then every, whatever it is, every, was it every 30 pounds or every 50 pounds, whatever your increments are, you just do 10, eight, six, four, two, and then three singles at, mm-hmm. uh, at like a eight RPE. And then you drop down and hit like four to four or five at, like 70% of what you hit and that's your, you do that every day and you do it in different variations. So like you do it, you do it completely like raw, right? No, no knee wraps, no, no sleeves, no belt, no nothing. And then you do it with a belt and with wraps or with sleeves and no belt. Like you switch it up like that. You do box squats, you do, you do safety bar squats, like things like that. But you're always doing that rep range and it's like, it's unbelievable what you can do, like the amount of strength and mass and, and muscle density you can gain just by doing that. Yeah. But that, I think that's only doing back squats to a, to a minimum every day is definitely huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as far as volumes concerned, I think what, what Corey Gregory was doing is pretty unmatched. I agree. I agree. And I think that I, that would be, um, and if I know myself, I don't know if I'd make it a hundred days on that. Maybe I would. Um, but as a, as a master's lifter and I keep on putting this asterisk on master's lifters and I, and I think I'm doing that just because that's what I learned. But like we, we do have different lives. We have different ways of lifting. We have different challenges. Um, and that would be tough, but I think that I would like to try it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really like your, your idea with the four weeks out front squat because, um, that just completely, uh, connects the dots for me for some reason. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, it really does. Yeah. I think we don't, the, like the intricacies of individual lifters from the past, we don't like, we don't have enough information. We have a lot of information about the coaches. We have information about the athletes and how they performed and how they, trained per their coach's instructions Mm -hmm. but like Yurik Vardanian was just this entity that he didn't like he had coaches but he did his own thing like he he really pioneered a, a mindset of like fuck you this is what I'm going to do I don't care what you say my teammate my coach you're not going to hold me back from doing what I think is right. I mean, the guy was a, a master of sport in like th- for three different, uh, what the fuck? 
my brain just stopped working again. Whatever you want to call it, practice. <laughs> I want to say practices, but it's it's not practice. It's like um, or professions, but you know what I mean. Um, like it wasn't just weightlifting. He was he was a master of sport and multiple things, and the the amount of knowledge and experience you have to have just to get that in one thing, let alone two or three. Like it's the guy's just a you know a. a, a Fucking goddamn it! This is the worst for podcasts. I swear. <laughs> no, I, I think I think I understand what you're saying, and I, I get it. He he's anomaly. His own, oh, anomaly. Okay, yeah. No, that's <laughs> sorry, kind of what I thought. Sorry, sorry, but he's also his own entity, and the things he he was doing, you know, are still being practiced today. Yeah, and there's something to be said about that. Oh yeah. No, I just I really I wish that there was more more athletes that were kind of like Dylan um, vocal about, I mean, in, in the day and age of social media that we're in where you can really talk about what you have done yeah. as an athlete and what you're doing to better yourself. I mean, it wasn't what a year and a half ago <clears throat> where he said, yeah, I'd clean and jerk like once a week. Because of all the knee, knee injuries that he's had. Yeah. And he did that for, you know, however long. And now he's back to doing a full training regimen. And he's kicking ass. I mean, yeah. that, uh, I don't I don't see him making the world team anytime soon. But he's fucking killing it. There's not, should, there's, yeah. Yeah. there's hardly anybody that's, that's putting up the total that he does. And it's, it's really cool to see him explain things the way he does because he's not explaining it like a weightlifting coach. Right. Right. So it's, it's, well, he, you know what else he's doing? And this is where I kind of geek out and and really appreciate is that he's bringing a level of positivity to the sport through explanation of technique and how to lift. Mm -hmm. He's taking that idea that we are, um, that, that this is unapproachable. I don't know. There's something, there's a, there's a way to say it, but maybe that, that this sport is unapproachable because it's so hard. He's taking that out and he's saying that anybody can lift weights, but it does take, you know, this X factor to be able to be consistent and be good. Mm-hmm. But he is bringing this level of positivity, like him and Zach, like they're, those two are, are probably the best team that I've seen um, over a cross of, of weightlifting that is it, they're hitting the mark everywhere. They're hitting the mark with their yeah. training. They're hitting the mark with their messaging. They're hitting the mark with, uh, what their, you know, their technique and how they're explaining it. Like they've got gold on their hands. Well, the, what you just said right there, they're explaining technique in a, in a, in a way that somebody, who's been around a barbell, but doesn't necessarily totally understand it can get it. And they're constantly putting out a message of this is what we're we're doing and it works for us. And if you're having an issue, this might help it. It's not the only way, but it might help it. Try it out. And it's a consistent, just, Find a good training partner. Find your good training embar- environment. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, find a good pro. If my program isn't right for you, fucking don't spend the money on it. Yeah. You know, just if, if what I'm, what, if what I'm putting out there, like my, my point of view on training, my, my cues, my whatever, if it doesn't work for you. Okay. Good. Find something that does. And yeah. like the fact that he doesn't claim to have the best program. He doesn't claim to be the best weightlifter. He doesn't claim to have the best athletes. He just claims that what he has done for him is the best of what he's done. Yeah. And that's it. And if you want to be part of it, great. If not, he'll still put out the information for it to help anybody. And he doesn't claim anything. And he, and like, I, I, just their attitude their collective attitude between the two of those guys of we're just having fun. Like mm-hmm. even if they're hurt, if they're hurt, if they're wore out, like there's nothing like they just, they just train and they bullshit and they like, they have fucking what's his name? Uncle laser or whatever on and <laughs> out to train by, with them. <laughs> by the way, that has been the best series to watch. I love oh that my guy. God. Oh, that he is. Awesome. I, I've, his like little videos in his mirror at home when he gets dressed up in an outfit. You know? yep. His one liners are unmatched, dude. Th- unmatched. They're great. It's like, yeah, he belongs with the super troopers team. Like, <laughs> yes, broken lizard. They're, they're one of my favorites, man. They're, I like, I like those guys, but you're, you're absolutely right, dude. He's, he's not out there. Um, touting all of his, as, as somebody on the uh, chat board said, uh, national titles. He's not doing that because he is about, he, he, it's almost like he's trying to change the culture, um, without changing the culture. And he's just like, he's taking a step back and saying, um, this sport needs to be, uh, bigger because it should be bigger because people should do it. And it brings so much, it should bring so much positivity to life. And I know for my life, um, it's brought uh, a, a lot of positivity. It's brought a lot of um, great relationships. It's brought a lot of good people and community and um, work ethic and things for my kids to see and stuff from my family. It's just um, more people need to be a part of things like this. And I think that he is making it accessible. And that's one thing that I, I really appreciate. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so to to answer the question in our tiny little private chat we got going on here, um, which if you guys are listening to this and you want to be part of the live chat, live stream, contact me, please. And I will share the... Um... Sorry. <laughs> I'll shut up. No, that's a good good point. Great point, actually. Uh, go to the Discord and sign up for the supporters. And it's like four ninety nine. A quick little plug here: uh, four ninety nine a month, and you will get the link and record time, recording times, and you will be able to jump on the chat and watch us live and look at my unmade bed and dirty laundry on the hope chest. <laughs> It's all right. You're looking at my <laughs> weight room slash furnace. <laughs> so yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah. 
your collection of shoes that don't get worn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, let's Sorry, not dude. get into. Let's not get uh, into. That. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Uh, to answer Donald's uh, question here, so two-time junior national champion, silver medalist in the 2019 American Open, three-time junior world team, eighth at two. 2017 junior worlds two-time junior pan am american bronze medalist uh it doesn't show any senior national titles but yeah two-time junior pan american bronze medalist the guy's a fucking just a beast um so anyhow there's that for dylan cooper's accomplishments and Zach Tellender know, is a movie star whenever it gets released. Dude, he is <laughs> he 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 builds he builds magic. Like just yeah. watching his YouTube channel, watching what he's doing on um on Instagram. He he has a serious talent. I like it. That's uh <clears throat> consistency and like just <laughs> being I need a Zach green screen. <laughs> That's the one stupid shit. Riverside does not have green screens. Like I have to, like it's a pain in the ass if I want to want to do a green screen on here and it's not through Riverside. I have to like patch shit into the system and it's <laughs> stupid. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that's another reason like I'm not, hopefully, I don't know. I, I've told you how I'm, how I feel about it. It's not like I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have like the possibility of having an actual like office slash podcast studio yeah. um, coming up in a like six months, but I'll actually be able to get my backdrop the way. <laughs> Sorry, just reading the chat as I'm going here, but yeah, I'll be able to have a backdrop that is for the podcast and a space where I don't have to make sure that the furnace is off and the fan and the bathroom's off and the fish tank's <laughs> off and the dogs are fed and watered and taken outside before I do anything. And oh, Delaney understands not to bust system. in. <laughs> yeah. It's like Dude, I know. you have to shut the house down in order to do a podcast. We have one of those battery powered, like tap lights that mm-hmm. it, it turns white, red, and green and I'll put it on red and I'll put it right outside our door. That's oh, how they that's- know I'm recording. And That's so, great. yeah. And so there's specific things that Jackson is, is known to do that he knows not to do when that red light's on. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, I'll have to get the, cause they make the, the Bluetooth led light, light bulbs where you can mm-hmm. control the color. Mm-hmm. Totally need to do that. Yeah, totally. Oh man. Professional. <laughs> what do you mean, Donald? <laughs> I'm a professional not doing my laundry. <laughs> guy <laughs> join the club <laughs> yeah i know right it's funny it's sarah will go out and hang out with her friends and i'll just be like what the fuck am i gonna do i'm not gonna podcast matt's busy i don't do solo shows because i'm insecure uh i'm not gonna lift because i'm lazy i guess i'll do laundry and i'll do like five or six loads like i will seriously like i will go find clothes that have been like in a corner somewhere just to throw <laughs> <laughs> just I to like throw it. in the washer so i have something to do while i watch my soaps i like it it's it's an interesting um i'm such a routine person and so every time i do laundry i do it in the same routine and it's very uh <laughs> this is so dumb but it's very zen for me it's like 
I wash a load, I put it in the dryer, I make sure it's dry before I start the next load in the washer, and then I fold one piece of time, piece of clothing. As I pull one shirt out of the dryer, I'll fold it, put it on the table. Go back, pull the next shirt out, fold it, put it on the table. <laughs> and this is a system I've devised primarily because before that I would leave the laundry um, in the uh, the dryer or I would back the laundry up so much in the washer that I would just leave it in the washer and then I'd have to wash it again. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I don't do this routine, it, it, nothing gets done. But if I do it, I can get like four or five loads done in a day and it's great. But don't bother do me that. with anything else. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah. There's no yeah. way in hell I could do that. I got, yeah, my my laundry room's upstairs. So I got to like, I couldn't, I couldn't just lock myself in the room and do that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I was going to say it's very uh, kitchen kitchen yes. yes like, it is that what's that what's that term you use for like the way uh, uh mise, ran? mise en place is, and that's like having everything that you need in one place at one time yep yeah yeah that's also known as ocd but yeah <laughs> no not me professional ocd yeah, professional ocd over oh my there. god there was a there was a comedian back in the day he's still around he's probably old as fuck now um eddie izzard do you remember that guy? Yes. The yes. professional transvestite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that guy was fucking hilarious. Oh, man. That was, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Holy crap. Yeah. No, he like disappeared. Like, I saw him. He popped up on some sitcom show, cop show or something like four or five years ago. And then it was just, he was gone again, yeah. Yeah. off into the ether. But, oh, man. So let's talk food. Yeah. There's a there's a soup recipe going around. Let's uh, I know you talked about it on your show, well, but it's all I, good. Um, let's because I want to I want to kick some ideas off of you for like a, a not a bolt just a weightlifter soup because I think barley is better than rice, yes. and I really want to come up with a flavorful, freezable soup that's like. 35 40 grams of protein per dish easily you know uh first of all when, when you said barley earlier I, re- I wanted to respond and say that um barley is something you could cook in the soup and it would actually flavor it a little bit more which would be better and it can be frozen yeah it's not going to blow it out um so this soup recipe is it's just something i've started building off a of necessity but it's like it's it's all in the, in the steps in the process. And I've been using my wife as like a, a guinea pig or a test bunny to like being able to explain it to uh, somebody who doesn't necessarily read a recipe every day. And, and mm-hmm. she's been, she's done really good at it, but it's like, so it starts with carrots and onions and you, and you, you dice those up and you, you start your pan with at least a quarter cup of butter and a quarter cup of oil. And you throw that in there. You let that all melt. You throw your onions in there. You want it sizzling. You want it super hot, right? And then you get that nice and... uh, Once you start seeing those uh, onions start to be a little translucent, that's when you're going to throw in your seasoning. So I like to do like a whole bunch of oregano. Um, I do dried oregano for the soup just because uh, fresh oregano brings a whole different flavor. That's more like a tomato sauce thing. Yeah. Yeah. And salt and pepper. And then um, I'll throw in 
now, now let me stop there because I always pre-cook my chicken. Always mm-hmm. do it. And I've been pre-cooking yeah. it on the grill and it gets this nice smoky flavor. Um, I, in fact, when I send you the recipe, I'll send you the, the, uh, seasoning that I use and it, it, it creates almost like the Southwestern, like smoky flavor and it's got some heat to it. So I take my pre-cooked chicken, I dice it up, I throw it in. And then I take about a heaping scoop of, of flour and I throw that in there and I create a roux around all of the vegetables and the chicken. And I, and it almost resembles like a, a wet sand. Okay. So yep. you kind of look yep. at like wet sand situation going on. Then I pop open right now. I usually have a bottle of wine and I pop open uh, a bottle of white wine, but right now I actually have a rosé wine I've been using. That's actually pretty nice. Um, and I'll just sit there and I usually do a three to four count. So I don't measure that out. I'm just like one, two, three, four. And what the liquid does with the fat and the, uh, uh, the flour, Starch. yeah, is it, it creates this, uh, I don't know, goop in a way. Mm-hmm. And so there's the thickness. Then you take That's in, yeah, yes. Glad you got that. <laughs> um, then you put in your stock and you bring it to a boil and let it simmer for 20 minutes. And then you have whatever you want to put it, barley, rice, uh, you know, you can put it like I, we did it over uh, tortilla chips one day. That was really oh, good. Nice. Um, and it's, it's like this thick broth you can put, I usually put about four chicken breasts in there, three to four, depending on the size. Um, but it's, it's, it almost turns into a porridge and that's, it's hearty. It's a, it's a solid protein pack. You're getting some vegetables, you're getting some sodium, you're getting the, um, the collagen from the bones. I always take, Mm -hmm. uh, I always like to you, um, harvest any type of chicken juice I get. Yeah, and uh, you don't get too much off the barbecue, but I will. So I'll put a pan down there and let the drippings drip into that. I don't okay. get too much that way. But if you don't have a barbecue, cook it in your oven. That pan will have a ton of juice on that. Use that oh, in your yeah. soup. Just use that yeah. in your soup. Please don't throw that away. So, how do you feel about making? Oh, I know how you feel about it actually. But like, if you were <laughs> going to use, like, let's say you had, say it was a weekend, right? And all you were doing was fold laundry and shit. <laughs> could you could you use chicken thighs and skin the chicken thighs this is this is like a whole thing in my brain so just okay. bear with me because this is how i think about food cool um especially since the last like two hours has been talked about like freaking hawaiian food and <laughs> yeah it soup has, and it? it's yep. just everything so you get chicken thighs bone bone skin on chicken thighs okay rip the skin off set it aside pull the bone out and make your own chicken stock yes with the bones mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you take if you have an air fryer you fry air fry the skins oh, yeah. i know where you're going with this <laughs> i love it and then, and then and then you use the chicken thighs instead of the Instead of the breasts, and you can cook those however the fuck you want to. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And then you use that chicken stock from the bones from those that those four or five chickens that had to die to make your soup. Yeah. And then you then you get all the everything from the bones that you probably wouldn't get necessarily if you were just using chicken breast. Correct. Um, and along with the flavor, um, 
and then the chicken thighs are just so much higher in fat and just goodness and flavor. And then you have dipping skins to use as a scoop. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I call those cracklins. And yes, sir. those are the those those are the things I don't serve to people because I eat them. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like these are these are my treat. It's like the mm-hmm. hanger steak used to be the the butcher's the butcher's treat. Nobody knew about the hanger steak for the longest time. And then people found out about it. So hold on. Okay. So you just called it a hanger steak. That is not what it's called. Oh, are you sure about that? The specific cut? Yeah. No, it's, it's like this, it, it might be different, okay. but like there, there's like a butcher's cut. Okay. And it's, it's, it doesn't look like anything. It, it almost looks like a flat iron steak, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a cross between like a ribeye and a flat iron. Now that's it, a different cut. That's not, it that's has different. Like, and it has like a, a a vein of of fat going through it. I know what you're talking about. And that's I can't a, ever my mom knows what it is. She I don't know what that I and just it's cheap saw as that. fuck. It's like two dollars for I a know. pound, like a sixteen ounce steak. And I can't ever remember what it's called. Because there's like only like four of them per cow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, the hanger steak is very much uh, like the uh, the flank, but it, it sits like right in here above the belly, and mm-hmm. it's like you would hold it up, and you could you could almost see through it. It's so thin, but oh, it's it's like a sear on a, a two second or no two second two minute sear on each side, and that's all you need. And it's like the oh, most dude. like soft like melt in your mouth steak, anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think your idea of the of the uh, the chicken thigh is freaking amazing. If you want to take it another step above, take onions, celery, carrots whole, put them in a pan with the bones and roast them dry first. Ooh, yeah. Then take them out and put them in that stock. You'll get such a smokier like roasted flavor. What's a I don't know why this word just came to me came to me what's a confit a confit so a confit is when you cook any type of protein in its own fat so like a duck confit i was thinking it was okay yeah i was like i don't know and it doesn't i watch watch way too many cooking shows so it doesn't i mean the traditional french way is you cook like a duck confit is a duck breast that you actually submerge in fat and you cook it in the oven and then you pull gotcha. it out and you sear it on each side to get that crust. <laughs> now, you can confit anything by just cooking it in a fat source. It just has to be submerged okay. and slow cooked. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about – because I, I, I'm, I will get around to how to cook barley appropriately in the different ways and how, how it reacts to being in a soup mm-hmm. in different stages of its cooking because it's not rice – um, but how would you feel about chicken livers in that soup? I would love it. Uh, you know, um, I think that you got to know your audience obviously, but if your audience yeah. is good with it, do it. <laughs> um, because we, we all, uh, as like this day and age, we know the benefits to liver yeah. and, and that, particular protein source hitting so many points of deficiencies in our diet 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never had it. So I don't even like, no, not once ever. Oh, dude. I'm almost 40 years old and I've never had liver. We might have and it's one of those things where it's one of those things where I'm like, I hear about it. I'm like, oh man, can I do that? Dude, my dad's favorite thing when he was growing up was cow tongue. Oh yeah. Cow, <laughs> like it's and dude, my cow- mom, my mom <laughs> fucking refused to cook that shit. She would not, if it wasn't like standard, which is really weird considering how she grew up, but like because yeah. her mom and dad cooked fucking any like they would they would get a cow and they like every part of the cow got used. Yeah. But like she just, if it wasn't like, a, if you couldn't buy it in, in at Safeway, mm-hmm. because Safeway hardly ever has like tripe or anything like that. Yeah. But like, she would not, it was not getting cooked in her kitchen. And to this day, I'm like, how, how could you not, like my dad grew, that was his favorite thing growing up. How could you not cook that? Well, I can tell you one, I f- I feel one way, one reason why is because it'll stink your house up to high heaven. If oh, I'm sure. it's like fish, you know, when you, you, you cook fish and it like the oils like will stick to your wall. It's yeah. the same way. On top of that, you have to boil it first and then take it off and it, take it out of the boiling and pull off that membrane. <laughs> and I can tell you, I've done it. I've done it a couple of times. It, it's not a pretty thing to do. <laughs> it, it's very phallic. Let's just put it that I was way. just going to say, I was just going to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, back to the chicken livers. You know what I would do with that? If it were me, I would be, because I really like fried chicken livers. And because they're like little nuggets and you can, you can dredge them and you can deep fry or deep fry them or even fry them, pan fry them. And then I'd put them on top as like a textural crunchy thing. Ooh. That would be fun. Because you can overcook liver good. a little bit. And when overcooked liver is not the best to chew. Yeah, I would. I would imagine so. Like you're already taking a questionable <laughs> thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, making it even more questionable. Yep. No, okay. So we've, uh, let's see, three different sources of <laughs> Sorry. chicken yes. parts that yes. can go in this, in this soup. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, already like we're already on that train. I like it. It's been derailed. Okay, anyhow, so there's you can do rice, steamed rice. I thought about barley just because, to me, a good hearty barley soup is just so freaking good, especially with this weather where it's like kind of questionable if it's gonna. It's no matter what, it's gonna hit like fifty degrees every day, whether it's the high or yeah. it's the low. Mm-hmm. But this weird like weathered system we're in for the last month or so and probably for the next month um soul food's kind of hitting hard right now for me um how would you cook barley for this if you're going to eat everything all at the same time or like in one night not necessarily have leftovers or if you were going to plan on meal prepping it and having it be able to get frozen and reheated like two three four days later or however, would, long, however long it'll sit in the freezer. Yeah, really. no, and I think that if I was going to do barley in it, I would really want the barley to cook in the broth. And so it would be something that I wasn't going to eat that day. And so okay. for the food prepping aspect, it is actually the better route to go. Rice is is the quick method of like, I just need a, a, some sort of grain to, to pour this over 
or some mm-hmm. substance to pour this over. I necessarily wouldn't do rice if I was food prepping or I would yeah. just keep the rice separate because it, it can, it can blow out and it would just get gross. Right. Yeah. But I would cook the barley in, um, you, you know, the, the method I just told you probably you, if you did that, I would say after you put your stock in, throw your barley in it, turn it on low and just let it simmer all day. You could even not all day, but at least for an hour, I would even say maybe pour some extra stock in there or even some water or another flavoring liquid that you would want in there just to give it that extra because mm-hmm. that barley is going to soak up a good amount of liquid. So yeah. um, if you don't want to do that, just cook it. I would say soak it overnight, cook it on the side and just have it ready to put in and then put it in your food prepping dishes. Yeah. Okay. Um, now to expand on barley as a, as a uh, caloric source or whatever, a, a mm-hmm. brain. Come on, <laughs> work. I brain. took it. I took. I took that nap, and I'm just like not a hundred percent. As a carb source for this meal, um, trying to like extract um, as many. Um, sorry, Damon. Oh, Damon <laughs> left. He didn't even say bye. I know. Oh man. Anyhow, so can you roast barley? Yeah, like yeah, you can roast well, it. Um, well, so from beer brewing, I know you can roast barley, but yeah, in roasting barley, what will that do for this dish? You know, your biggest thing with any type of uh, cereal grain, which is what barley is, you just want to make sure that you're if you're going to roast it, bring down the time that you're going to keep it in any liquid because the whole idea yep. is to not blow it out. And when it blows out, it just it literally the outside is soggy and it looks like the inside just completely like, you know, blew up. Um, and it mm-hmm. just, it, it tastes like spongy, right? Yeah. So I would just say, um, if you're going to roast it, uh, roast it at a, at a slow and low or high and fast. Don't do okay. it in between. You know, um, do it. I personally, if it were me, I would say I would stick it in with the bones and everything on that first roast. And I would roast it with those because it'll soak up some of that flavor too. Yeah. Um, and then throw all that stuff in your stock, harvest the barley for your soup. And that's, that's the way I would do it. There you go. 200 degrees, you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even a little bit longer, you know, play around with it. A, A food is so subjective. So a lot of people, um, there, there are standards to live by, but there's also the textures that you like as a person. And so remember that, like, these are all just kind of, you know, big picture standards. So, yeah. Well, that's one thing, one thing we were talking about this week, um, on the polo was different types of meal prep and, and how we, um, how we can handle having the same thing every day. Or like what foods we can we can stand to reheat like two three days four days five days later, yeah. um, and obviously I don't have a problem with most things because I'm just I don't know the iron gut screwed up so I can eat <laughs> scrambled eggs that have been in the fridge for a week and not have any problem with it, <clears throat> but um, so you have to figure out and it's kind of a pain in the ass right but especially if you're just trying to meal prep and make it as simple as possible, figuring out how to do it easy 
Mm-hmm. Right? Making yeah. it the quickest and easiest way to get all your meals for the week done in one night. That's hard enough as it is, let alone trying to figure out what meals you're you want to eat for five straight days. Yeah. And you know, so it just adds one layer to it, but it is a hundred percent worth it. Like I went through the when that picture that I sent you guys wasn't it was not recent. That was seven years ago. And I spent what was it? I spent three months where I was eating basically a different dish every week. Mm-hmm. And until I locked in, I was like, okay, this is the one that I want to eat every single day. And I it kept well in the fridge. And it was the lunch or whatever was I don't know, 2000 calories. It went down easy. It wasn't, it wasn't overburdening on my, on like, it didn't weigh me down. Right. Um, but it was, it was super simple. It was two chicken, two regular size chicken thighs and broccoli and, um, oven rice. And that was it like super simple, kept really well. And the key to chicken thighs that nobody knows, right is you cook them however you're going to cook them put them on a rack and let them drain like on like on top of the stove let them drain at room temperature is as questionable as that sounds and then put them in your in your dishes otherwise you'll end up with a puddle of gel (laughs) and it's just fucking wrong i agree Um, yeah but hey there's there's you know, there's, there's a lot, there's nutrients in, in that. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's like collagen and stuff, but, uh, you know, yeah. what you're saying is, is very true. You got it. You got to let your, your, your meat rest. That's what she said. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, you got to let your meat let, rest. <laughs> you gotta let it soak <laughs> on another side of things. This is what this is what happens when yeah. we don't do this for yeah. fucking two or three weeks. I know. I love it though. It's oh, good man. stuff. It makes for good shows. Um, you know, I always like to cook my proteins at room temperature as it is. They cook better. Oh, oh yeah. No, if you're yeah. if you are buying a steak and you take it home and you cook it within the hour that you bought it, like I understand like some people that's just how they work and that's their time frame. But the best thing for you to do is let that thing sit on the counter, like pull it out salt mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. let it sit yeah for two three hours yeah and then cook just i mean they're to they did a oh, man they're a youtuber did this thing really cool guy but he like he always has his buddy over to do these these taste comparisons and he took three nearly identical steaks and he used the same kind of salt on all of them, same exact amount of salt on all three of them. And one of them he put left in the fridge overnight. Okay. One of them he put in the fridge for an hour. And the mm-hmm. other one he just salted and let it sit and come to room temperature. And that was it. And he let them all. So all of them, all of them came to room temperature yeah. at the same time. And then he cooked them all, and like you could see, like in the cross section, mm-hmm. you could see the color difference. Oh yeah, between the three. Yeah, and then the flavor profile was just night and day. Like even between the the not refrigerated 
and right. it not marinated at all, basically, and the one that was in there for an hour. Like that, just the comparison between those two is huge. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because, you know, your whole thing with protein and you'll get a better flavor if you can get even heat moving through it at an even pace. And if you think about it, like if it's, if it's sitting in the, in the refrigerator, the inside's going to be colder than the outside. Um, and so it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like a barrier against that heat. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Takes longer to cook. Take, it's just, it's a pain in the butt. Yep. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, enzymes. You got to let the natural enzymes in the meat. Ah, the thing. yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really the biggest point of mm-hmm. letting everything come to room temperature is, it's just like dry aging or whatever. That's all you're doing is letting the natural natural bugs in mm-hmm. the meat that mm-hmm. that you can't that aren't going to make you sick, right? Right. <laughs> um, all, you're letting they all them. Have it. Yep. They yeah. All have them. Yeah. You're letting those bugs get in there and kind of, for lack of a better term, that's probably going to gross people out. But you got to let them kind of pre digest some shit, mm-hmm. and the the flavor profile, the tenderness, the, the texture, everything's going to be a million times better. It's the same thing as yeast, yeast in a dough. You know, Mm -hmm. you never want to cook a cold dough. You want that dough to be room temperature because those yeast are burping out this gas that are going to create this enormous bubble within your bread or dough or whatever you're cooking. That's going to just create more flavor and a better crumb. hundred percent. So, Camp is coming up real quick. We're going to blast through this. Uh, it is my dumbass. If you were on the Instagram and you saw my story the other day, I said the first week of March, and it <laughs> is the third week of March. I didn't. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody noticed except for my wife. Last night, I was sitting here doing whatever on the computer, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Hey, your camp's the first week of March." I was like, "No, it's May." She goes. You might want to redo your, your Instagram. I was like, mother. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So the camp is the first week of May. Go to the our Facebook page. Go to the Instagram. The event uh, page is up. It is working. And you can find out all the information there. If you yep. want to email me, go right ahead. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we have some interview videos posted up there um from last year's and some other content it's not we don't have a lot on there but it's it's is what it is so go ahead and check that out um we have onyx weightlifting or onyx straps is sponsoring Mm -hmm. they are main sponsor right now um we have let's see uh, we are talking with Born Primitive and Caffeine and Kilos to get them on board again. And Sports Nutrition Center, of course. Uh, those guys over there are amazing. They're so supportive of what we do and are just eager to be part of this journey and this this movement that, that we're doing. Yep. Um, the current price, because I, I never talk about price on this thing. So... To cover everything, it's four nights in Brasada Ranch, all inclusive, all your foods included, drinks, everything, right? Uh, what what else? Is, transportation back and forth from the airport. Um, athlete swag bags. Athlete swag bags, everything. You don't have to bring anything other, unless you want to go buy something yourself. Um, 
So the price is eight hundred dollars, yep. and we dropped in that reel. And it for from now on, everything that gets posted about this, the discount code from here on out is all caps collective three hundred. That'll get you three hundred dollars off. And just for listening to the podcast and supporting us and and being involved with with our journey, you know that's just our way of saying thank you and come out and have a good time. If you can't make it for the full week, please don't be afraid to reach out to us because we have we already have some locals that can't get time off work or can only get Monday off or something like that. And you know, we just want you guys to be part of it. Yeah. And and if you can't make it for the full five days, four nights, just get reach out and and we'll work something out. We just really want you guys to be there and be part of it. And um Let's get the word out on this thing and and make it as as fun and as big as it really should be. Um, Matt, what you got? Well, I want to I want to give a shout out to one of our newer sponsors, the Meeting Place. They are a uh, butcher out in Hillsboro, Oregon. They've thrown us a gift card to uh, bring some really solid solid quality meat out there, which I'm really excited about. They are like um, the Meeting Place. This place is like the newest biggest thing when it comes to butcheries in the Portland area. And they're, they're going up against some, some pretty big boys and it's, uh, they're doing a really good job. Go follow them on, on Instagram, check them out. But, uh, you should check that. Uh, the food is, is going to be on point. The, the, the community is going to be on point. The lifting's even going to be even better. And we're trapped in this scenery that you just, you won't find anywhere else. No, so absolutely. Yeah. Um, we will be, so we do have neon strength equipment. Um, they are, unfortunately they have changed their business scheme. So what we have is what we got. Um, we have partial sets. We have six partial sets of crumb bumper, bumper plates with 15 kilo, 20 kilo, 25 kilo bumper plates. Um, we have six full sets of competition collars and we have six full sets of change plates and a couple barbells. All of that will be, um, for sale at the end of the camp. So that'll be up for grabs. We're also going to have a couple other things that are going to be part of the camp that if you guys want to take them home, we'll work something out. Yep. So yeah, that's about it. Like subscribe, comment, um, please, I know it's kind of is what it is. The comments, guys, are the the biggest thing. You can give us a five star, but just it would help us out a lot to help us with our content to be better. Um, also, to help get in the, get the algorithm working for us, right? Yeah, right. So <laughs> go ahead and throw a comment down. I don't care if you want to make fun of my lifting from Instagram or or <laughs> how bald I am or how much better my beard is than Matt's. Oh, uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming, dude. I knew it. This, this man can grow a beard like anybody else. Like nobody oh, else. I'm man. sorry. Like nobody. That's crazy. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah. And if you're in town, if you're in Portland, go check out the meeting place. They're out off Cornelius Pass, right? I'm pretty yes. sure. Yep. Out yeah. Off Cornelius so, Pass. Yes. Yep. So if you're heading towards the beach on Highway 26, you're going to take a right and head north on Cornelius Pass. And they're about half a mile down the road on the left-hand side. Um, if you're near Tigard, you go down 99 and Sports Nutrition Center is on the right next to Joanne's Fabrics. And just go in there and they will hook you up. 
they're just amazing people. If you want to have a conversation, plan to be there for a half an hour because she will talk your ear off. Um, <laughs> she's great. And, and on top of that, she's very knowledgeable. They've been there for years. She's been involved in bodybuilding and strength sports for 20 plus years. Just an amazing lady. Um, so yeah. Uh, if, and on top of that, if you're in town, and you want to lift, if you want to get a session in both Matt and I, our garages are open, um, reach out and come train with us. It'd be great to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on out. Uh, and it's, yeah, just that it's a community thing. All right. Well, I'm Eric Dahl. This is Matt Ware, and this is Kilo Chasers Raw Cut. Thanks for it. Edit. Edit. <laughs> I'm Eric Dahl. This is Matt Ware, and thanks for listening to the Raw Cut. Adios. Adios.